witches, we're back. It's another episode of the Side Talks podcast, a podcast in which I, Rachel Morgan, and you, I'm looking across the table right now at Corey Craft, talk about dim movies. That's right. This is Corey Craft. What's up, Ding Dongs? Mm-mm. Yep, it happened again. Um, so let's talk about some movies. Mm-mm. So now it's time for a segment of the podcast called Phone a Friend, where we do just that. Phone a friend. Hello. Bross, it's Rachel and Corey. Hey. Oh, hi. Hi, giving you a call to see what you've been watching. Oh, okay. Well, let me pull up my notes. Okay, so I, this is different than normal. Um, Uh-oh. I would say normally, or, you know, often, it's a bit of a silly, a silly kind of movie from possibly 40 years ago or, or what have you. Um. This time, it's a much more recent film, a prestige film, if you will. Um, <laughs> we watched Arrival. Ooh, from I love that movie. It's got my girl in it. It does. Now, have y'all both seen this? Yep. Oh, it's been so long ago, though. So, I mean, for me. And, well, Cor- I'm sure Corey remembers every last frame. I do. I love it. <laughs> and I keep mixing this one up with all the other one, you know, one word, starting yeah. with the vowel sci-fi movies of the 20-teens, like, Annihilation, Oblivion, Interstellar, Arrival, but you know, anyway, this one's 2016 and it has um, Amy Adams. And um, well, I guess, so I was wondering, I mean, do we want to, because I feel like this one has, I don't really want to spoil this one since it's more recent and, you know, maybe folks still maybe haven't gotten around to seeing it. And I think the story, the way the story reveals itself to the viewer is really well done and it's kind of this slow burn twist type reveal. Yeah. So I didn't know if, you know, like we should actually spoiler alert it or just talk about, you know, story observations or fun facts I read about the actors. Well, I mean, I think we can spoiler well, alert think? it. I think, yeah, I think most alert. people who, who are listening to the podcast have probably seen it. And if they haven't, they can either decide, well, I'm not going to at this point, or they can think, you know, oh, I could watch this and still be spoiled because I am looking at Amy Adams for a significant amount of time, which w- which is <laughs> totally. not a terrible thing. Um, or they can tune out. So yeah, let's just uh, let's let's say there's some spoilers coming. Yeah, spoilers may be coming, but also I still have fun facts about the actors that I did read. Good, good. <laughs> um, but but yeah, so you know the the whole crew. We still let's see. We've got Amy Adams and Jeremy Renner. Okay. Um, I have a fun fact about Jeremy Renner. Do y'all know that... Okay, well, first of all, I definitely thought he was one of those actors who was, like, Irish or something, but he always played American roles. Yeah. He just felt like that to me. Like, that thing where when you see him in an interview, he has a really thick accent, and you're like, whoa, he does American really good. Well, apparently, no. He, he's totally American. He's from California, and his parents owned a bowling oh. alley in the 80s in Modesta. Oh. So, I was wrong on that one. He is fully American, guys. Um, Another spoiler. Maybe none of the rest of you. <laughs> you just ruined a lot of things for a lot of people. Um, but, okay, so when I was looking him up, I discovered that he had an app. Oh, yes, he did. Wait, oh, what? the Jeremy you know Renner app. What do you mean? Oh, man, this thing was ridiculous. What do you, what okay, do you yes. mean an app? Like, I don't, it's I mean, I understand Jeremy what an app Renner. is. Yeah, okay, well, it's exactly what you think. It's called Jeremy Renner Official. And it was this app that he launched in 2017, and he, it was just like a way for, it was kind of apparently set up like Instagram, like it had photos and, um, wow. and little videos he would make, and it was, it was um, 
like you could join it for free, but you could buy, I think they were called stars. And then the more oh, stars no. you had, you could like no. get FaceTime with him or something. One of those type of no. things. Yeah. And discussing the, um, this, so I read this uh, on the Wikipedia page, discussing the self-referential nature of the app, the ringer stated Jeremy Renner's Jeremy Renner app is the Jerry, Jeremy Renner of apps. Um, <laughs> but, and it said, uh, the community developed to include memes, selfies, and a happy Wednesday event on Wednesdays. Oh, no. However, no. it didn't last too long because Shocker. Uh, here it goes. Some death threats were made across the app by fraud accounts pretending to be several controversial celebrities, including O.J. Simpson and Casey Anthony. <laughs> and, <laughs> and it, as early as October 17, there were claims of censorship, bullying, and contest rigging. In September 2019, comedian Justin Hack publicized a discovery of the fact that replies through the app appeared as, as if they were sent by Renner himself in push notifications. Oh, no. Also, and that list, that that list of people, Lisa, is like a list of Grimes' future exes. Oh, Jesus. Isn't that great? <laughs> and, uh, it, said, uh, it said after several users abused this feature, Renner uh, shut down the app. And oh, um, this is the best part. It said after the shutdown of the app, the comedy, a comedy-based pseudo app with modular endings was released called the Jeremy Renner App Experience, <laughs> in which the player <laughs> plays as Jeremy Renner on the day of the Jeremy Renner official app shutdown. The app details several different choices on how Renner handers, handles the situation. And then a six-part podcast was also created to mock the app's deletion called The Renner Files. So <laughs> there's like so this much material deep. with this. This went deep. Yeah, yeah I know. Yeah. I appreciate so, but the it commitment. I do. It, yeah, it couldn't be. It couldn't. It wasn't meant to be because um, the, the trolls ruined it for everyone, for all the Renner fans out there. Oh, man. Trolls ruin know. everything, don't they? They always Bastards. do. I know. You can't Bastards. even have a... Jeremy Renner official app. I mean, it's really fast. Can't even walk over a, a good bridge these days without the trolls. Am I right, folks? Bridge trolls? Oh, boy. Am I right, folks? Oh, boy. Wow. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, but, uh, okay, so yeah, so back to the movie a little bit. The the, the Jeremy Renner start in here. Um, let's see. Okay, well, so you do have, you know, Amy Adams. And, I mean, she's so good. She's so, like, just, I don't know, pale scientist but serious but it's like beautiful to watch her just stand around and look like she's thinking do you know what i mean it's my favorite amy adams performance it's one of like the three that she's ever given that wasn't nominated for an oscar somehow and she's so thirsty for that oscar she wants it bad and honestly she should have gotten it for this movie i love her in this movie so much it's it's amy adams amy adamsing really yes exactly why didn't amy adams have an app come on she should have had an app. I would download that right now. You would get those stars points. Oh, and apparently, just a side note, Jeremy Renner did refund anyone who bought stars points within the last 90 days before it got shut down. Just so you know, he's a good guy. Up and up. on the Up and up. <laughs> but yeah, Amy should have had an app. Like, that's, you know, that couldn't go wrong. Like, yeah. she's great. And um, yeah, and it was she was great in it. And just the mood and the tone and the sound and the, the visuals and the cinematography it was all really well done, and the um, the home was really beautifully designed. They weren't in the home a lot because usually they were hanging out yeah. by the spaceship in like a base camp, military looking thing. But the home was really great. It had all these windows to a lake, and yeah, the whole the whole like mood and beauty was really great. And it was, you know, it was kind of 
again, the style of contact where it's really light on alien action. Like, we don't even really get to see a gun battle or anything up close. So, you know, it's sort of unusual for a sci-fi blockbuster of this caliber to have, like, as little, you know, like, visuals of, like, aggression towards aliens and stuff. Like, it was sort of discussed with these other countries and over, like, video feeds, like, what's China going to do and what's Russia and Sudan and all these places, but we didn't actually see a lot of, like, fighting the aliens. It was a lot more about communicating with them. And so, yeah, it was, it was, it was beautifully done. Um, and I guess so. the kind of spoiler is the underlying premise that if you learn how to read their weird alien circle letters and you start and you learn their language, it rewires your brain and you essentially have the ability to sort of time becomes, it's nonlinear anymore. So you sort of gain the ability to see the future in all of time. Like it's no longer linear and that's how these aliens do it. So she, in so teaching and communicating with them, like it rewired her brain and she was able to, you know, see future and use future almost like memories kind of to, for her current time. But then we as the viewer perceived it as a memory initially. And then we're like, wait, it's the future. And it was very interestingly done. Yeah. 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 Based on a really great short story that, that kind of digs into that philosophical nugget um, a little more than the movie does, but not too much more. It's a really great adaptation. The idea of if you know something is going to end terribly, um, as you know, unfortunately, Amy Adams' character's daughter, you know, will die young. Do you still do it anyway? Do you have any choice? Are you fated to just go through the motions because this is the future and you can't change it? Or, you know, a lot of you know, fun sci-fi questions like yeah, that. Yeah, all love the it. questions right. that sci-fi loves to pose. To I love it so humans. much. Yeah, yeah, time travel always raises some ethical questions regarding dying children. Um, but yeah, it was it was really a thinker, of, you know, because yeah, you you focus so much on these aliens, and then all of a sudden you you realize so much more about the the family themselves and their um their predicament, and then you know. I, it, I actually was looking into the research stuff and I actually found this article in Glamour of all places that um, they were just talking about all the questions that it asked and, you know, speculated whether she had total choice or if her future was more preordained and kind of scripted by fate, as they called it. And, um, yeah, and it really does make you think, like, well, is if, if the future... Yeah, I mean, you get it. It's just complicated. It's like how how much could she have changed and does any of it change now that she's seen it? But like, maybe it doesn't, maybe it had to be that way. It's a, it's a real, you know, one of these real thinkers. Hell yeah. Yeah. Great movie. Great director. Denny Villeneuve, of course, who got a best director nomination for that. Then he did Blade Runner 2049, which rules. And then he did Dune part one, which rules. Oh, Um, I haven't seen the Dune yet, but okay. Yeah. But, but the Blade Runner 2049, I love that one. Loved it. Um, yeah, so anyway, I think it's great, and I think it was a real thinker, and it was beautifully moody, and, you know, she was she was great in it. Um, all around, very interesting. And, yeah, and like I said, not so much shoot 'em up alien kind of movie. A lot more subtle, let's communicate with these giant, what's it called, a septipod? Or yeah. what is that, a heptopod? A heptopod, maybe. Not, um, a, not a lot of alien action. But a lot of Not alien. Like, I mean, talking. you know, they're there, but it's yeah, it's just like they're kind of it's almost like an aquarium sort of vibe. Yeah. Um. Mhm. Mhm. Um. So yeah. So I think I definitely recommend it, and it was you know, like I said, we don't usually always do more serious, prestige kind of thinker films, 
Yeah, you had to um, take a break from the usual fodder. Yeah, I don't want to see, you know, I don't know, John Candy falling off a bus or something all the time. Like, sometimes it has to be a little more, you know, prestige. And that's how you get your Amy Adams if you watch these fancy modern movies, too. That's right. Yes, this, Hillbilly Elegy, you know, the fanciest movies. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, why did you Um, take us to the dark side, Corey? (laughs) Oof. I um well so I because I prepared a couple of fun facts just in case we didn't want to go down the route of the yeah. um, you know ethical questions of the film but uh but we did anyway but I just wanted to mention my fun facts that I thought were interesting For um sure. okay when I was like kind of just looking into each of them apparently but I saw that Jeremy Renner is the oldest of seven siblings and the youngest of which was born in 2011 which oh is God. a 40 year gap. Isn't that wild? That's insane. That's like the year he was in that Thor movie. He's already like a famous guy. He's got two Oscar nominations by that point. And then he got a little brother. Uh, Yeah. Wow. And so then I read on, and apparently Amy Adams also was one of seven, which is pretty random. Her family was Mormon. And then I was just kind of, you know, glancing around, uh, not thinking there would be any others. And then I was looking into um, the guy named, I'm not sure how to say it, but I think it's like, it's, his first name is or listed here is TZI, and he, his mom, C- I think C- he Ma. plays the yeah. General Shang of China, and he's in all kinds of stuff. I recognized him from um, Man in the High Castle and stuff like that. But he, I was just looking into him because to see, oh, how do I know him and what's he in? He also has seven, or he's one of seven. Isn't that weird? That's Man, weird. These are all people. So, all these people in this film were born in a litter. Totally, and I then I thought, well, I got to check Forrest Whitaker just in case, and um, the cycle was broken. He's one of four, so that wasn't, you know. That's still, but, that's um, still up there. Oh, yeah, they all got some families. And then um, the, uh, the one more fun fact is Amy's mom came out as a lesbian after her parents divorced in the 80s, and she became a semi-professional bodybuilder. Sick. I had no idea. I had right? no idea. I wouldn't if you had said guess any number of things that Amy Adams' <laughs> mom might have done. It wouldn't have been come out or become a professional bodybuilder. Damn, right? And they okay. had been Mormon, hence all the kids. So yeah, yeah. she really took a turn. Yeah. yeah, interesting. And I think she has a partner, and um, yeah, it's all good. And I don't know if she's still you know bodybuilding, but I'm sure she's I'm sure she's strong. Yeah, I'm sure she's still holding on to some <laughs> of that muscle mass, at least a little really? bit of it. Yeah. Well, you know, it takes a lot of muscle mass to raise a hundred kids, and (laughs) so that's probably part of it. Anyway, I mean, I don't know if that's—I don't know what I think about that exactly because, (laughs) like, the question is: Did she was she bodybuilder first, lesbian second, or lesbian first then bodybuilder? You know, it's a chicken or chicken or egg question. Is it a chicken or egg question? I feel like the bodybuilding maybe came a little later on. Probably too once the kids were able to, you know, she didn't have to raise all these kids all the time. Like once, once they were a little Amy older, Adams so could just, support all of them. She right, decided exactly. to pursue her dream of bodybuilding and being a lesbian. <laughs> I mean, speaking of lesbian bodybuilders, you know that Kristen Stewart is currently making yes. a lesbian bodybuilding movie, like right now, and she's ghost hunting. Kristen Stewart quit, <laughs> quit being a lesbian stereotype. Stop doing it. Go back to buying dog food with St. Vincent. Oh, my God. Stop Stop looking for Spectre. <laughs> uh, anyway, all right. Well, thank you for bringing us all that. I feel like I'll be going down a Amy Adams mom rabbit hole because I just need to see oh, yeah. images of this. Uh, but we'll talk to you soon, Lisa. 
Okay. Bye. Bye. Sidewalk home video. Sit your ass down. Oh man, we're just cruising down these aisles, That's the right. aisles of this video rental store. And we're just going to randomly grab a film off the shelf. As you know, uh, and maybe our listeners know if they've listened to other episodes and landed on one of the ones that we've done so far, which I think this is like number three. So this is this a is young segment. Uh, I just randomly go through image searches, <laughs> grab images from video stores from the 80s and 90s, home rental stores, and scroll. Zoom in on a random case that was on the shelf and see if I can make out the name. And then I do a little research about that film. So I got to tell you, the one I found today, I don't have a whole lot of information on. Okay. Which maybe that's even more interesting because if if anybody's seen this film, we'd love to hear from you at podcast at sidewalkfest.com. But this film is from 1985 and it is called Honeymoon. Have you seen this? I doubt you have. No, I, I've seen at least one movie called Honeymoon that was made in 2014 or something like yeah. that. But this is a different film. So It's like 60 films with this yeah. title. So, no, I haven't seen Honeymoon from 1985. What's this thing about? Uh, it's a French-Canadian film, but it is, oh. it is in English and you wouldn't, I mean, from what I could tell, you wouldn't, you know, wouldn't necessarily it as a French Canadian okay. film just just off the bat but it does have an awesome cover it has a cover that is very mid 80s which is a skull with a wearing a wedding veil whoa and there were a lot of this it was you know there were a lot of like a cheerleader outfit but it's a skeleton you know and so this was one of those and I do remember it being on the shelf I remember being like this looks alluring maybe someday I'll rent this and then I've missed opportunity but see like that's exactly what drove like the independent horror for sure. Boom in the 80s is specifically VHS titles. And these you know. beautiful cases that just jump out at you. You know, when you're when you're 12 years old and you're walking down the aisle and that skull with a, with a wedding veil on is there, you just, it's hard to resist. Inevitably, of course, there is nothing that cool in the actual movie, no. right? They've got the they've got the art for the VHS, VHS case. And then oftentimes it's like, oh, okay, well, we'll just go oh, make a movie gold. that will kind of go with this, you know, sort of way. It's full skull. It's like the... I I had the same reaction and you live and you learn but i had the same reaction down the candy aisle you know you see that the <laughs> biggest candy bar you could possibly find not necessarily the best right prettiest wrapper but you know you unwrap shit so anyway i don't i can't say that exactly about honeymoon because i haven't seen it and i it's out of print oh lame. So part of the reason why you probably haven't seen it is because it never even moved to dvd and i did a little research for everybody uh 25 is the cheapest going rate for a vhs tape on ebay oof so it's up there. You can make a bid starting at $8, but uh, my guess is you're going to end up at 25 or right, 20 at least. Right. So here is the – let me give you the synopsis okay. that I was able to find. Fa- uh, facing deportation, French woman Cecile turns to a dating service to find an American to marry so that she can stay in the U.S. However, it soon turns out that her pick, Zach, which there's your first – problem right? uh, it's a man named zach yeah i mean zach clark is a good friend so i really shouldn't say that but i feel like in in his defense in in my defense really in the 80s if your name was was zach and you were in a film that had a skull on the cover things aren't going to work out well um so anyway zach ends up not being quite who he seems uh, and he becomes disturbingly obsessed with her Uh oh so there you go this is j- directed by somebody named patrick Jermaine, hmm, who okay. i seriously doubt that you not a filmmaker you know? on my radar? 
No, and I couldn't really track much else down. There was some TV, I think, and, and that kind of thing. And it stars a couple of folks. Uh, John Shay. Uh, you probably don't know him either, but mm-hmm. apparently he's had some bit parts and things like Lois and Clark. Oh. And then perhaps the most famous is Natalie Bay. Yeah, I know Natalie Bay. So John Shay and Natalie Bay, they just wanted some ni- names that rhyme, rhyme. But Natalie Bay, of course, is um, in Catch Me If You Can, yep, Day for Night, Truffaut film. Yep. And uh, she's worked with Spielberg. I don't know on what, but that was in her bio. Catch me if you can. Oh, is that? Yep, that's Spielberg? a Spielberg. And, you know, Forgot Spielberg and Truffaut. I mean, man. No you wonder can... I don't like that film. Ayo. Um, and so here are some references in the movie. Re- there is a movie reference in this film, which okay. I thought was kind of fun to kind of connect it out. Uh, it is on a marquee. There is a Dr. Detroit playing as a double feature with Fletch. Which is kind of fun, because I do think that if you were looking for a random double feature that is referenced in a film that's obscure and you can't find anymore, maybe Dr. Detroit and Fletch would be a good double feature. Both former SNL guys. Yeah. So, yeah. And um, and then some a gentleman named uh, Peter Donat. Mm-hmm. Who I think you probably know as well. He's a is it that uh, Agent Fox Mulder's dad on the yes, X Files? You called it. Hell yes, he uh, is yeah, exactly. And he's also in the game, The China Syndrome, Godfather Part Two. Yep. So he's been in a bunch of shit. Yeah, and I mean that's I couldn't really find out much more. The quote, the pull quote on the front of the VHS case is, and this is also in the trailer. There is no clip out there, so I can't tell you that uh, i can't describe a clip for you uh-huh. but the trailer's exactly the, the synopsis there's really nothing for me to add to that there was a uh, some sweaty sex kind of stuff looking well like it, it was, was 1985 and so there's that but other than that it's pretty much the synopsis um but here's the pull quote from the cover this year in new york and it's also said in, vo- in a very you know ominous voiceover nice. in the trailer this year in new york 76 thousand seventy six three hundred thirty seventy six thousand three hundred thirty six women will get married two hundred eighty eight no, I'm sorry. 282. Let me get these stats right, Corey. 282 will be murdered. Whoa. Yeah. I don't know if those were actually accurate. I'm just trying to get the numbers right here you while I stumble over them. The honeymoon. Um, but yeah, so I don't, you know, we usually end this segment by saying recommended or not recommended based on what we're able to scratch up for you. And I'm going to kind of go, eh, I don't know. I don't know. Based on the facts that I've been able to uh, to put together here, I'm on the fence. I mean, I think it's a shame that it's out of print. I think it's a shame when movies are just unavailable in general. Like, whether or not it's good or bad, it should be available to see. Come on, rights holders, figure it out. Yeah, I wasn't, I I wasn't, I'll say it this way. I wasn't motivated by the trailer to spend $20 on a VHS tape, and it doesn't take a whole lot to motivate (laughs) me to jump onto eBay and buy a $20 VHS. So take that for what it's worth. Well, fair uh, enough. We'll bring you another title next time at, Sidewalk Home Video. Well, thank you for listening to the Side Talks podcast. I think I'm just recognizing I think we've done this one before, okay. but I'm going to do it anyway. Sure. If, if we did, it's been a long time and it's it's a favorite. We're your own personal cinematic Moira Kelly and Laura Flynn Boyle. Yeah, we've surely done yeah. that before. That's but it Donna is, and Donna. It's Donna and Donna, folks. Hey, who's the better Donna? You know what, Laura Boyle, I think. Yeah. Are you really going Moira? No, I think Moira is really good in Fire Walk With Me because everybody's really good in Fire Walk With Me, but Laura Flynn Boyle's the better Donna. She also has like hours and hours more 
performance than Maura Kelly, that's so maybe that's unfair. True. That's but, very, very true. But she's more compelling in the pilot. If we just look at the pilot versus Fire Walk With Me, I think maybe. I, you know, it's also one of those. It, it She came first, right? Yeah. So, I mean, she to me is Donna, and those two actors don't really, they don't live in the same world in my mind. So it was a, that was a tough jump for me and Fire Walk With Me was to, was to get on board with the Myra Kelly thing. But whatever, you know. We're splitting hairs in some perfect masterpieces Whatever. is what we're doing. I don't know if that was perfect casting, I gotta say. But we'll argue about that another time. Thank you to Batwall Studios. Thank you to Revelator Coffee. Thank you for listening. Visit us online at SidewalkFest.com or check us out on social media at Sidewalk Film. You're going to want to do both of those things right now, especially if you have not yet gotten your passes to the 24th annual Sidewalk Film Festival, August 22nd through 28th. Passes are on sale. The lineup is announced. You're going to want to come see so many of these great movies. So just go ahead and get your tickets now. We've got movies. We've got parties. We've got all kinds of special events. Downtown Birmingham, August 22nd through 28th. Check out everything we've got going on on our website and on social media. Okay, and for those purists out there who need an original outro, I'll do this one real quick. Wear your own personal cinematic goatee and soul patch. Ugh, I just hated saying those words, though. I'm so you know sorry what? that you were forced neither to one, do that. Neither one of those are good either. Like, I don't want to be either one of those things. You, you don't think I could pull off a soul patch? No one can. No, you show me one dude on the planet who can pull that off. I'm going to start one. wearing this slightly long sleeve, like, bowler shirts and... Join a ska band with my um, uh, soul patch. Bleh. No, that's not going to work. Oh, I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. I guess I don't know what's cool anymore. <laughs> All right. Bye. Batwell Studios Podcast Division. Your words, our expertise.